Thanks for the reading of God's Word. We are in Galatians. We are in Galatians. Wow, Geo, can you fix this again? Thank God for Geo for many, many reasons. Tatiana says the same thing, but he, he can also fix clocks. Galatians 4, 7. Going through the Galatians chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Anyone need a Bible? If you do, raise your hand. Bible, anyone? A Bible, Spanish or English Bible. Galatians chapter 4, verse 7. Rather, verse 7 through 9. Galatians 4, 7 says, Therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son. Everyone hear that? I hope so. It's a big deal. You are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. So we went over this last week. I'll repeat it for the benefit of anyone who wasn't here. The way the Bible is written, it originally in Greek. It's more similar to Spanish than English. So in English, if, you're, if I'm with my son and four daughters, I call them hijos. I call them son. Now in English, that, that sounds really weird. It's like my daughters would, why do you call me son? Uh, but in Spanish, that's what, it's, it's normal. You use the masculine uh, tense. So in some translations, you'll see, uh, you'll see sons and daughters. So verse 7, therefore you're no longer a slave, but a son, a daughter. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. But then indeed, when you did not know God, you served those things which by nature are not God, but now... After you have known God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you turn again to weak and beggarly elements to which you desire again to be in bondage? Let's pray. Father, I, I pray, praise you and thanks, Lord, for the grace that this letter is filled with. I pray everybody in this room, every man, every woman, every child, that grace would become the very breath of their life, Lord. The world cries out, the, our flesh cries out, perform, 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 but you cry out, rest, rest. Rest in the grace of God, my grace, my grace that I've given you. Lord, easier said than done. We can only do it by your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come and fill us, fill me. Let me not be a hindrance, Lord, in what you're doing this morning. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, you may be seated. You may be seated. 
Perfect, all right. So Galatians chapter 4, verse 7 says, Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son, a daughter. Notice how it says no longer. You are no longer a slave. This comes as a surprise, even a shock to those who are not familiar with the Bible. But the Bible describes your relationship with God when you came out of your mother's womb as a master-slave relationship. We're going to talk about that for a little while. It says at the time you were not, at the time you rolled out of your mother's womb, even before um, in the mother's womb, you were not yet a son of God. You were not yet a daughter of God. You were slaves. The Bible teaches that. Again, it may surprise, even shock you, but the, the Bible describes a relationship be- between God and every human being coming out of their mother's womb, not as father-child relationship. It doesn't. But rather as a slave-master relationship. Wow, really? Yes, we're going to talk about that. You ask, where does the Bible say that? Well, it says that in many, many places. But you don't even have to leave this chapter. Go up to verse 1 of Galatians chapter... Four, same chapter, Paul says, now I say that the heir, an heir is someone who inherits something from their father or mother, from someone, but in this context from their father or mother. And now I say that an heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave. And then in verse three, everyone, or rather, even so we, when we were children, we're in bondage, same words in Greek, slavery, exact same word as in number, uh, as in verse one appears again, except in a different form in English, it says in bondage. Even so, again, verse three, we, when we were children, were in slavery under the elements of the world. So again, Galatians chapter 4, verse 3, some translations put it like this. In the same way, we also, when we were children, we were in slavery under the elemental forces of the world. So now, be very careful here, because when these two verses use the word child, be very, very careful. Listen up. Remember from last week, they are not referring to a child of God. When you see verse 1 and verse 3, it's not returning, referring to a child of God, a son of God, a daughter of God. It's referring to a child of slavery. A child of slavery is anyone in a slave-master relationship with God. And listen, that is anyone and everyone, whether they are one-year-old or 99 years old, who has not been freed by entering into a relationship with Jesus Christ.
The point is, the Bible teaches that when you come into this world from your mother's womb, you came out, in Ephesians 2, it says dead. Another way of describing it, dead, spiritually with, um, meaning spiritually with God. Um, another way, again, the Bible says is, is it, you came out of the womb in a slave-master relationship with God. Why? Because of what happened in Genesis chapter 3 at the beginning of the Bible, turned everything upside down. Our first parents created to be in a perfect relationship with God, and they were in a perfect relationship with God that wasn't good enough. They rebelled against God, and every human being since, they've come out of their mother's womb the same way, shaking their fists. I don't want to obey. Now, that may look cute in a baby. That's not so cute in a five-year-old. It's really not cute in a 15-year-old, and it's really, really ugly in a 25-year-old, a 45-year-old, or a 75-year-old. I don't want to obey. Let's go back to the verse we started, though, again this morning. Again, it says in verse 7, you are no longer a slave, but a son. You're no longer a slave, but a daughter. And then it continues, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Again, it says no longer. So what happened? Why are they no longer slaves? How does someone go from a, 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 a how does someone go from a slave master relationship to a son father relationship to a daughter father relationship why is it saying no longer what happened to these people that they went from being a slave to a son a slave to a daughter again don't have to leave the chapter go to verse three again let's start in verse three even so when we were children were in bondage under the elements of the world but when the fullness of of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem, think purchase, to purchase those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons, and because you are sons, because you are daughters, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father, that word Abba, Daddy, or even so much more than even that. Uh, and so that's how they went from being slaves to sons, slave to daughters. God sent his son into the world. He sent his son into the world and, 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 and presented his son to men, women, children. And, and so then, you know, some of you may be thinking today, am I a, a slave? Am I, a, 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 or am I a son? Am I a slave? Am I a daughter? I'm not sure if I've given my heart, my whole heart to Jesus Christ. I, I'm not sure if I have ever asked him into my heart. How do I know? How do I know if I am a son of God or a daughter of God? Or whether I'm a slave. How do I know that? And the answer is how you think of yourself. 
Do you think of yourself as a son of God? Or do you think of yourself as a daughter of God? Or do you think of yourself as a slave? A slave of God. Most people I know who are religious think of themselves as a slave of God, although they would never say that. (laughs) But I have a quiz for you which describes how you think towards God. Whether you think as a slave, like a slave master. Remember, this chapter is about how to go from being a slave. We were slaves, but we became sons. We became daughters. Are you a slave or are you a son or a daughter? Which one is it for you? A slave says this. If I'm good enough, then God will love me. If I'm good enough, my master will love me. That's what a slave says. A son or daughter says, I am a son, I am a daughter, and I know God loves me. Look again at verse 6, back up at verse 6. It says, because you are sons, because you are daughters, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. That's that's not someone wondering whether they're a son or a daughter. Someone who wonders whether, I don't know if I'm a son or a daughter. They're not saying, Abba, Father, Daddy, Father, I love you, I need you. That's not how... Uh, uh, that's not how a slave or someone who doesn't know whether they're a son or daughter speaks ever. A slave says, if I have performed well enough this past week, maybe God will like having me around. Maybe my master will like having me around. A son or daughter says, I am a son, I am a daughter. God always likes having me around. Psalm 149 says this. It says, for the Lord takes pleasure in his people. A son or daughter knows that. They get it. They get that the Lord takes pleasure in his people. One of my prayer journals that I, I go off on my prayer walks, it ends with this. It, it, it ends just with the simple statement, Lord, yeah, I like being here, but this is more for your pleasure. This, the, you, you get more pleasure out of this than I do. A son or daughter knows that. He, they, they know if you are a son or daughter and not a slave, you know God takes pleasure in you. Again, verse 6, someone doesn't just cry out, Oh, Daddy, Father, I love you, and not knowing that the Father loves to hear that. A slave says, I messed up really bad. I have sinned terribly. It's going to take a long time for me to make up for this. Until then, 
I will keep God at a distance. I will keep my master at a distance. A son or daughter says, I messed up really bad. I have sinned terribly. There's nothing I can do to make up for this. I need to run to God now. I'm his son. I'm his daughter. He loves me. I'm, he loves me. He loves me. His, he loves me. And so Luke 15 says this. Luke 15, this is the prodigal son, says, I will go at once to my father. This is what a son sounds like. This is what a daughter sounds like. Are you a son? Are you a daughter? Or are you a slave? Here's, here's my favorite one. A slave says, God is a hard taskmaster. This is, to me, this is the best test. A slave says, God is a hard taskmaster. He's a demanding boss. He's never satisfied. My master is a hard taskmaster. He is a demanding boss. He is never satisfied. That's my master. A son or daughter says, my relationship with God is easy and his burden is light. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides, water, besides quiet waters. He restores my soul. I am his much-loved son. I am his much-loved daughter and I give him exceedingly great joy. By the way, there's a Bible verse for every single phrase in there that I could give you. Are you a son or a are you a daughter or are you a slave of God? Most people I meet, they're slaves. A slave says, God, he is a hard taskmaster a demanding boss, he is never satisfied. I'm not gonna go to him for my pleasure. I'm going to go to my job, my friends, my family, my sports, my social media, my drugs, my alcohol, my porn site. A son or daughter says, my greatest pleasure is in God. Matthew 25, the best example of this in the whole Bible, I think. Matthew 25, verse 24, the slave of God, are you a slave? Or are you a son? Are you a daughter? Which one are you? The slave says, I knew you were a hard man. You harvest where you didn't plant and you gather where you didn't sow seed and I was afraid. That's how a slave of God thinks. Now remember, this whole chapter speaks about we were once slaves, but we became daughters. We became sons. Does this sound familiar to you? If so, you're a slave of God. You're not a daughter of God. You're not a son of God. 
I knew you were a hard man. You harvest where you didn't plant. This is where, what God does. He has so many requirements on my life. He, he's like a farmer who says, go out and harvest over there. In, um, and, and he didn't even plant anything over there. A lot of people angry at God nowadays. God is like the farmer who says, You're, tell, you're asking me to gather where you didn't even sow seed. And you're afraid. You are afraid of God, so you keep him, you keep him at a distance, like the slave of God did in Matthew 25, verse 24. Now, there's a response to this. God responds to this. So this guy says this to God. This guy's, by the way, he's a slave of God. He's not a son of God. He's not a daughter of God. We're talking today. Which one are you? So God responds to this guy, and he says this. He says, you knew that I harvest where I haven't planted? What? That's not what I do. I never do that. Jesus says, my, uh, my, my, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. God has never asked us to do anything unless he first gives us the power to do it. Which, by the way, was purchased for us at the cross along with our salvation. You knew that I harvest where I haven't planted and that I gather where I didn't sow seed? You mean, you're thinking that I'm like this completely unfair, hard guy is the point here. In other words... God is saying here, that's not who I am. You're wrong. That's not who I am. But to the son, same, same chapter, to the son of God, to the daughter of God, this is what he says. Enter into the joy of your Lord. That's who God is. God doesn't make anyone on planet Earth harvest where nothing has been, uh, 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 nothing has been planted, trying to do something that, they're, uh, that they can, uh, are not capable uh, of doing. He doesn't do that. Whatever God asks us to do, he provides the means to do it. Now, do we fail? Absolutely. But he's not a hard man. God, it, 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 the Lord is not that. He's not a, a, a tough uh, slave master, taskmaster, that's not who he is. And there's no need, at least for a son or a daughter, to fear him. So he says to the slave of God, he says, I'm a hard man, that's what I am. But to the son of God, to the daughter of God, he says, enter into the joy of your Lord. Another translation says this, come and join in your master's happiness. That's what a son of God hears. That's what a daughter of God hears. Not just, by the way, not just when they're going into an eternity, when they're passing from physical death to eternal life. But they hear that on a regular basis as they seek the Lord in the joy of the Lord. It's a promise. 
That's why the prom. We, have it, we find it hard to believe. That's why it's promised to us probably a hundred times in the Bible. Something like that. Which are you? Are you a son, a daughter of God, or are you a slave of God? Are you a son of God or are you a child of slavery? There's no more important question in all of life. Calvary Chapel, there's no more important question in all of life than that. Are you a slave or are you a daughter? Are you a slave or are you a son? Why? Pastor Steve, why is this such an important question? Listen, God is love. He created you to love him, to love him as a son loves his father, and, and to love him as a daughter loves her father. And to miss that, you miss out on all of life, the very purpose of your life. But it goes way beyond that. Not only do you miss the purpose of life, to miss that, to miss this, to miss being a son or a daughter of God in this life and just remain a slave of God your whole life is also to miss out completely on eternity. To say to God, well, you're a hard man. Why would I want to be involved in your harvest? You harvest where you don't even plant seed. You are a hard man. You ask what is not possible for anyone to do. Life with you is not a pleasure. It's a burden. I'm following my own way. Listen, this is not your world. This is God's world. And you talk to, you talk to your boss like that at work? I mean, if you don't get away with it with your boss at work, do you think you're going to get away with that with the God of the universe? No, you will not. Hence, the Bible says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. He's God. And everything you're saying about God, the God of the universe, is a lie. When you're saying he's, you're a hard man, you, 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 know, uh, you, you, you harvest where you haven't planted, you ask what is not possible for anyone to do, I'm following my own way, it's a burden. So uh, the, the Bible says that there's a judgment, there's an eternal judgment waiting for you. And anyone who says, sorry God, I'm out of here, consider what we were just reading, Matthew 25. What did God say to the son? Someone shouted out. It's so, so, the words are so beautiful. I cannot possibly hear them enough. Someone shouted out. What did God say to the son, to the daughter? What did he say? Enter into the joy of the Lord. Into the joy of the Lord. One more time. What did, he, what did he say? Enter into the joy of the Lord. Oh, I love hearing that. Yes. But what did he say to the slave, the slave of God in Matthew 25? He said this. He said, you knew that I harvest where I haven't planted and that I gather where I didn't sow seed? Next verse. Throw the worthless slave into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, Matthew 25, 20, a reference to hell. It's a serious thing to get up into the face of God and say, you're a hard man. I'm not into this. I'm out of here. It's his world. <laughs> and he created you to love him. You're going to spit in his face like that? I did for 24 years.
Is it any wonder that the very first message of Jesus Christ in public was him saying this, Mark chapter 1? This is the very first sermon he gave, very first message of Jesus Christ. The time has come, meaning now is the time. The kingdom of God is here. I'm here. Stop your wrong ways. Turn back to God and believe the good news. Is it any wonder that it's called good news? Is it any wonder that it's called good news? That any man, any woman, any child who's been shaking their fist at, at, at God, behaving as an enemy of God, saying you're a hard man, I'm out of here, and going their own way, but when presented with the fact, like, wait a second, that's not what you were created to be. You were created to be a son, a daughter. Give your heart to me, and, and I will come into your heart. Is it, and, and he does, in, in verse 6 of Galatians 4, it says, and when, and, and when a man or woman does, it says the Spirit of God goes into that person. The Spirit of his son goes into that person, and they cry out, Abba, Father, yes! Is it any wonder that it's called good news? Are you a son of God, a daughter of God, or a slave of God? You become a a son or daughter of God not by trying to be good enough. That's what a slave of God does. Oh, how can I be good enough I can be a son, a daughter? No. You only become a son or daughter by birth, by adoption. Interestingly enough, the Bible knew what it was doing when it actually uses both terms to describe what happens when a son of slavery becomes a child of God. In verse 5, the word adoption is used. Let's read verse 5. Right there, it says, uh, Jesus came to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons, as daughters. That's what uh, verse 5 says. But in the book of John, the term birth or being born is used. In John chapter 3, verse 3, Jesus says, he says, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot be in God's kingdom. Now, he was speaking to Nicodemus, who the Bible says was a ruler of God's people when he said this. This guy's like, what? And so he repeated himself. And in a few verses later, in John 3, 7, he says, you should not be surprised at my saying. This is Jesus talking. He's talking to him. He's talking to all of you. You must be born again. Born a second time. You become a son or daughter, not by trying to be good enough to be a son or daughter. Who ever heard of anyone doing that? You become a son or daughter uh, by 
saying, yes, I'm done. I'm done being a slave. I'm sick and tired of being a slave. It's exhausting. It's exhausting being a slave. I did it. My parents did it. My grandparents did it. And I'm done for me and my whole family. I want you, Jesus Christ, come in. Come into my life. Jesus lived a perfect life for you in order to credit his perfection to you. Heaven is so perfect, it requires perfection. You get it when you ask Jesus to come in. Jesus also died for you, the Bible says on the cross. The Bible says that shaking your fist at God is a serious thing. The consequence is death and hell. He, he not only lived for you, a perfect life for you, he died for your sins. And then we celebrated last Easter. He also resurrected from the dead and was taken up to heaven in order to make you a son or daughter by the Father sending the spirit of his son inside of you. By which you cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy, I need a daddy now. I can't take this. Yes. Some of you don't know what that feels like because you didn't have a daddy like that. Oh, you'll get to know him. You'll get to know him in that way. Are you a slave of God or are you a son of God? Let's conclude with just the, with verse nine. We started off with three verses, seven, eight, and nine. You know, there's some of you who at some point in your life, you went from being a slave to a son of God, to a daughter of God, but you're here this morning and you're right back like being a, a slave again. And by the way, that has no bearing on where you will be in eternity. It does have a bearing on whether you're miserable or happy in this life. If that's you, if you've given your life to Jesus Christ, the Bible says he knocks on the door of every man's heart. If, if anyone who comes in, he'll, he'll enter Revelation 3.20. says, and he will dine. He will eat with them, meaning a relationship. And, and, and you did that at some point in your life, but whatever happened, I can list a thousand things. You're back to talking like a slave of God. You're back to speaking like a slave. Man, if I perform well enough last week, maybe God will like having me around. That's slave talk, Calvary Chapel. I messed up really bad. I've sinned terribly. It's going to take me a long time for me to make up for this. I'll keep God at a distance. That's slave talk. Slaves talk like that. Not sons, not daughters. God is a hard taskmaster. He is a demanding boss. He's never satisfied. That's a slave talking. He's a hard taskmaster. A hard taskmaster, a demanding boss. He's never satisfied. I'm just going to go to, I'm not going to go to him anymore for pleasure. I'm going to my job, friends, family, sports, social media, my drugs, my alcohol, my porn site. That's how a slave talks. Maybe that's you today. 
Verse 9 speaks about you, if that's you. It says, but now after you have known God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you turn again to the weak and beggarly elements? Meaning, you're behaving like a beggar when you should be feasting with God. Now the Galatians here um, had God back to, uh, in, in, instead of just the free grace of God, nothing but my faith in God saves me, I can't do any good work, I can't obey the law, they went back to weak and beggarly elements. Like uh, verse 10, it says, you observe days and months and seasons and years. And so the season of Lent, for example, becomes a law that becomes religious, that becomes so important, it replaces Jesus Christ. Or whatever it is, you've gone back to being a beggar instead of a, 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 a slaves are beggars, sons and daughters go right to daddy's table and that is where they eat. That is where they feast is what he's saying. And the good news is, the blood of Jesus cleanses, all from, cleanses you from all sin. All you have to do is say, you're right, God. I went back to being a slave. Why did I do that? Forgive me. And the Bible says the Lord puts a ring on your finger. He, he gets the best robe and he puts it back on you. There was a party for you. That's what the Bible says in Luke 15. So if the worship team would come up at this time, we're going to close. We're going to close in just with a time of prayer. We're going to close with a time of worship. If you've been asked to pray, please come up now. If you've been asked to pray, please come up now. And... Why don't you stand and we are going to, we're going to worship God, but maybe you're in here today and you've never gone from being a slave to a son. In fact, when I described earlier what a slave sounds like, a slave of God sounds like, if I'm good enough, God will love me. If I perform well enough this week, he'll like having me around. If I messed up really bad, I better keep him at a distance. That describes your relationship with God. It means you're a slave of God. The Bible says through a simple prayer of faith, you can ask God in and as into your life, Jesus into your life, verse 6 says, and at that moment, God the Father will send the Spirit into your heart and you will cry out, Abba, Father. If you've never done that, if you're sitting here today as a slave, I tell you, in my, in my early 20s, I was, a, I was a slave of God. I wasn't a son of God. I was religious didn't know that God was not a hard taskmaster. I didn't know that he was not a hard man. I didn't know that his yoke, the life that he gives us, is easy of all things. Speaking of our relationship with him, 
Bible says that a righteous man will have many afflictions and troubles, but the Lord is with them and is easy to be with them. I didn't know that. But I asked him in. It's a simple prayer of faith. If you've never done that, come up. I'll pray with you. Or if you're one of those people who you did do that at some point in your life, but wow, you've gone back to being a slave. Listen, you won't be the first person in this room who did that at some point of their Christian life. Most in this room had been that. They've gone back to being a slave. The good news is that the Lord's waiting for you. You are his pleasure. Come up. Come up if that describes you, and we'll pray for you. That God would open up your eyes to that. There's a verse in Ephesians chapter 1. It says, Paul is praying for the church in Ephesus. He says, Lord, open up the eyes of their heart. Our heart has a way of see, uh, being closed and then also seeing the reality of God. Anyway, if that's you, please come up and pray. If there's anything else you'd like to, to pray for, please come up. I'm going to pray, and then we will worship. And you'll come up if you'd like to pray. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. Mm, I thank you. As the word said, at verse 7 says, we are no longer slaves. We're sons, we're daughters. And your word also says, behold, or what is, what manner of love, uh, what manner of love God has bestowed, given us that we should be called sons of God, daughters of God. It's crazy, Lord. It's true. Crazy love. We thank you for that love. And I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would just continue that good work as we close and worship you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.